good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 169. That was not an intentional episode that we're doing it like this. It just happened. Episode 169 of Tech of a Tea. And today, we're doing a solo episode, but I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to do a different kind of solo episode. I've done one of these once before, probably like, I don't know, like two years ago. I don't know when I did it. When I did my like big episode just talking about like VTubing and like my interest in VTubers, that probably wasn't a very good episode. It was just like jumping around, doing whatever. It was sort of like the the normal episodes, but focused on one topic. What I want to do instead, it's still going to be jumping around quite a bit, but it's going to be, tr I'm going to try to be a bit more structured with it. And I want to focus on one topic. And you can probably tell from the title, you know, if you paid attention to the title, maybe you just downloaded it randomly, like, ah, podcast is out. So what I'm going to do today, if my, yep, okay, everything's worked. My, uh, the, the last episode I did, not last episode before that, I was double capturing my mic. So uh, that was a problem. Um, what I'm going to do today is we're going to talk about my experience on Hyperland. Sort of sort of treat it like a long-form version of the video that I'll eventually get around to making. My sort of long-term thoughts about using it, whether I think that you should use it, whether I think it's worth it, how the experience has changed over the time I've used it, and all this fun stuff. So, yeah, I hope you guys like this kind of episode and if you do uh maybe i'll do more of them in the future when i can't find a guest or when i'm too lazy to send someone a dm because now i have i have a couple more episodes queued up i was just lazy and didn't send any messages anyway this is what we're doing and i whatever let's just start <laughs> enough of the dumb preamble of things that i'm just like rambling on about that don't matter so i think the best place to start is before Hyperland and sort of go over brief, a, a brief history of my experience using window managers. So if any of you guys remember, back when I first started using Arch, probably, let's see if I can find the video. I want to say it's like three, four years ago now. Brody Robertson install Arch. Should be here. Uh, God, this I've done so many videos on this. Um, I can't find my original video. <laughs> I, I definitely cannot find my original video. What? Okay. You know, YouTube, sometimes I forget. Uh, they just have porn on this site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not intentionally, I would assume. But yeah, sometimes yeah, I'll just... I'm going to block all those thumbnails just, just to be safe there. Um, yeah, probably about three, four years ago, I, I installed Arch. And when I did, I installed i3wm. Now, at the time, i3 was a very different experience for me because I, I'd only used Windows before that and briefly macOS, but I'd never used anything with, like, tiling. Back then, like, Windows... Yeah, Windows um, 10, like, I don't... It had some, like, snapping stuff, but, like, it, that's pretty much as far as tiling would really go. It's not like the tiling you see with i3. Now, i3 is a manual tiling window manager, this basically means that when you tile a window, you set the direction it's going to tile. So say it's set to split to your right. Every window you spawn will split 
to the right. And for split above, does the same, but for above. And this is a really powerful system for having your layout be exactly the way you want it to be, because you can control exactly what's going to happen. The problem is I don't care. So yeah, once I once I realized I didn't care, like when I first started, the i3 experience was really cool and a really neat way of working. But when I tried another solution being BSPWM, I felt like it was a lot more an efficient way to handle your windows. So i3 has the advantage of it has a really easy configuration system. The default config is pretty good. You can basically live with it with some minor tweaks, changing out applications for the ones you use. And yeah, pretty much just that. Like the default config of i3 is great. And when you do want to add things, configuring i3 is really, really simple. But I eventually moved on to BSPWM. Now, BSPWM is the whole other end of the spectrum. <clears throat> This is a dynamic tiling window manager. So this has layouts that are predefined. I believe I believe BSPWM had like two or three layouts, if I recall correctly. Uh, could be wrong there. But it has predefined layouts. And when you spawn a window, it is going to spawn in that layout. So you have like a spiral layout. The windows will spawn in the spiral. Say you have like a, a grid layout. The windows will spawn in the grid. Uh, I don't think it had master stack but awesome did, which I use next. <clears throat> Master stack is you have one big node, and then on the other side, you have a stack of other nodes or windows, whatever you want to call them. The thing with BSPWM, though, is it doesn't have a configuration file. Like, you download it, and it doesn't work. You cannot use BSPWM out of the box. You need to install things like SXHKD to do your hotkeys. You need to go and write everything from scratch. You do have like a API to work with. So it's not like you're building your own window manager, but you can't use it out of the box. And when I got to the point where BSPWM was like solid and good and I enjoyed it, then I was like, okay, let's move on to something else. I still think BSPWM is great. And if you want to spend a lot of time configuring something, it's definitely worth your time and I can highly recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it to someone first starting out unless you have some sort of programming background. I think that's the big thing. If you don't have a programming background, don't even try it. Uh, same with like Qtile. Don't even try it unless you either have a programming background or you want to develop one. So from there, I went to Awesome WM. Awesome WM is sort of, it's kind of like a mix between i3 and BSPWM, where it's a dynamic tiler, but it has this default configuration, which is really good. And you can basically just live off of that and make a couple of minor tweaks here and there. And it's going to be fine, pretty much. Like, there's a couple of things that might bother you, but it's easy enough to configure with the Lua API. And you have all these layouts, and you can make custom layouts and all this stuff. Awesome is great. <clears throat> But all of that stuff is still using Xorg. So at some point, I started jumping back and forth between Xorg and Wayland. I'm going to try to mute my mic when I need a cough. Uh, I might forget it. 
So at some point, I started moving back and forth between Exorg and Wayland because I'd been hearing a lot of good things about Wayland. Uh, OBS now worked on Wayland. Like, you could actually capture your desktop. So I could use it if I wanted to. There were some things that were going to be ineff <clears throat> inefficient, but it'll do the job if I need it to do the job. So at that time, I started experimenting using Sway. Now, Sway is... Basically, I3 on Wayland. Like, literally to the point where the Sway configuration file is the I3 configuration file, and the I3 configuration... Actually, it's more like the other way around. The I3 configuration file is the Sway configuration file. I believe Sway has some additional things uh, that I3 doesn't have, like it's... Uh, uh, what does it have, actually? Does it have anything extra? I don't think they're one... I, I think i3 is one-to-one -one compatible with Sway, but Sway not the other direction. Uh, I, I'm sure if someone in here uses Sway, they're going to know some, like, things that are different between the two. Pro oh, monitor, may maybe monitor configuration, maybe something like that. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. The point is that I started messing around with Sway, and Sway also includes the i3 API. So at that time... I discovered some of the auto-tiling scripts. I think the one I was using was literally just called i3 auto-tiling. Um, yes, yes, it was this one. I've done a video on this. It's great. I highly recommend it. Basically, it takes the manual tiling of i3 or Sway, because the API is compatible, and then makes it work in a more dynamic way, where... It's going to spawn the windows based on where it thinks the windows should be spawned. It's a fairly simple way of doing dynamic tiling, but it was definitely much nicer than just doing base i3. And because you still had the manual tiling in the background, if you wanted to, you could manually move things around as well. Now, the problem I have with i3 is sort of the biggest benefit with i3. i3 is rock solid and doesn't really move, which is great if you want something that's rock solid and doesn't really move. The problem is on Wayland right now, you really don't want that. There's a couple of areas where things are just not ready. Like, you know, you have the issue with, uh, what well, <clears throat> like Global Hockey is obviously the big one. Then there's issues with um, frac not fractional scaling. I guess that's an issue as well, but that's a whole separate issue. There's issues with, uh, unlocking, not unlocking, uh, allowing tearing. Allowing tearing, that's another big one. And these other little things that are slowly being addressed. Portals. Having a, uh, having your, your, not your video portals, the, no, no, portals was part of Global Hotkeys. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Blanking on that. Yeah. Portals were a part of Global Hotkeys, and you needed that to actually work in the WL Roots portal. So that's the other thing. Sway is built on a library called WL Roots. WL Roots is sort of the main competitor to GNOME and KDE. GNOME and KDE have their own Wayland backends, and then WL Roots is used for primarily compositors, but some desktop environments are going to use it. I believe the XFCE, when they do their their Wayland uh, version one day is probably going to be X uh, is going to be WL Roots. There are other things like Smithy, which is what PopWest is using for Cosmic. But for the most part, you know, it's WL Roots, KDE or Gnome. So 
when you're using something like River, for example, or DWL, you're going to be using the WL Roots portal to have the portal functionality, like the file portal and the uh, video capture portal and the eventual global hotkey portal and things like this. The issue with that, though, is the same issue with W uh, with um with with i3. It's rock solid and doesn't change often. But you also need these really big new features to get integrated, and a lot of them are getting integrated into the desktop environments, but not getting integrated into the W Roots equivalent. Even though people are interested in doing it, even though there is a lot of hype behind it, it's just there's no interest in the developers or in the maintainers to actually bring that code in even in, in even in those cases where people are willing to do the code themselves it's not just like they're saying hey make this for us there have been cases where people are trying to submit code and they don't want the code submitted so i think if what you want if if you're not doing like video production for example if you're just using sway with no OBS, don't worry about global hotkeys, nothing like that. I think Sway right now is probably, it's like 99% of the way for most people. Obviously, the uh, the fractional scaling thing with like GTK and stuff like that, that's a problem. And obviously, there are issues with like tearing that you might, you might want to have tearing for certain games. But besides those two, which are not really like, they're not really major blockers for most people. Sway is perfectly fine if your workflow would otherwise work on Wayland. Obviously, there are whole separate issues when it comes to like um, screen sharing, remote, like GUI remoting into systems, things like that. But that's just more of a general Wayland issue as opposed to a Sway issue. So if you don't need any of that, Sway is fine. So this basically takes me into why particularly Wayland? Because there are other really good... Uh, why particular Hyperland, sorry. Because um, there are other really good Wayland compositors that I need to get around to actually trying. I mentioned River just before. This is a really small Wayland compositor. It's a thousand commits right now. How do I check... Uh... uh... How do I check the size of the repo? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it's a thousand commits right now. And this is... like A lot of people really like this. I think what River does really well is there is a lot of custom layouts for it. And I'll get back to layouts after. Actually, I'll add this on my list. Um, there's a lot of custom layouts for it. So if you want to have things, you know, lay it, lay down a certain way that isn't just, you know, your basic spiral, master stack, things like that. River has a lot of things going for it. There are other things out there, like Qtile actually does work uh, on the Wayland side as well. Um, if I just do Qtile Wayland... Maybe I go, Q I can go Qtile Repo. Yeah, that'll work. Qtile... I stand by the fact that I need someone doing this for me. <laughs> One day I'd like to pay someone to be my Jamie. Um, yeah, you have Qtile as well, which is just the exact same as it works on X11. Obviously, now it's not just a window manager. Now it would also be your Wayland compositor as well. Um, so if you're already using Qtile, like this would be perfectly fine to come over to the Wayland side with. Uh, I've not used Qtile. It's configured in Python, so it wouldn't be that difficult to learn how to do. Uh, it's just a matter of actually sitting down and uh, and doing it.
I don't really want to get myself involved in like a a big heavy configuration uh environment again maybe i'll do it at some point i'm sure it would be fun but right now i just like things to be simple and yeah so that also knocks out things like dwl as well so this it describes itself as dwm for wayland and what that means is it's broken <laughs> What that means is it's very simple and it doesn't include a lot of the functionality you'd want it to include because install the patches, guys. Install patches. We could just make these things, especially these cases where they're like basic stuff you want to have, we could just make these things part of the actual actual window manager. Nah, 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 nah. What is restart DWL? This patch allows you to restart DWL with a key binding. See, this is why I don't use DWL. Because you need to install like 30 patches just to have the functionality that any other window manager would just automatically have. I like mouse follows focus. This patch adds the option to let the cursor jump to the center of new clients. Yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm sure DWL is great for the people who like DWL. And if you like that experience of having to add patches to have basic functionality, be my guest. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I'm just saying it's really not something that I, that I want to get back into. Uh, I'm sure there are other options out there. Let's see. I know there was a list of uh, good options sent to me a little while ago. I think I've seen all of them. Um, is this it? Can I see it? Am I going to be able to find it? I probably won't be able to. Probably uh, Someone sent, uh, they sent the post to me on, like, Mastodon or something. If I go to post and replies here, can I find it? Ah, that's another one. Um, LabWC. Uh, so, LabWC is sort of the... LabWC is kind of like, what's the Western? Western. Yeah, that's it. So Western is the reference Wayland compositor. This is sort of your example of how to make a Wayland compositor. I'll find the repo here. Where the hell is the repo? Western repo. I'm fucking not finding it. <laughs> here we go. Thank you. Okay, Western Wayland. This is the reference Wayland compositor that just gives you an understanding of how to build a Wayland compositor, basically. Whereas LabWC, sort of, it's really not much on top of, of, um, of, uh, Western. Basically, LabWC is kind of like the, the reference, um, the reference WL Roots compositor. So Sway, a lot of people use as like a baseline of how to do things and overdo it. River is good at doing things simply, and LabWC is just how to follow WL Roots as closely as possible. So LabWC is, it doesn't have extra things like the i3 API and all of these extra things that make Sway really powerful. But it's also really lightweight. And it's a stacking compositor, which, you know, 
a lot of them aren't stacking positive. So it's a lot more like Openbox, for example. LabWC just does not have the functionality that I want it to have. It just, like, it, it's literally in the, the readme describes itself as a boring window manager. And if you want something that just works and is just WL root and is not the extra i3 stuff, LabWC is also great. Also, it's stacking, so that's a, that's a floating window manager. And there's not that many floating window managers out there, so, you know, is pretty much one of your better options to go with. So, that eliminates most of the major compositors. Now, I'm sure someone in the comments is saying, Oh, but what about my favorite compositor? What about this compositor? What about that compositor? And I'm sure there are other great Wayland compositors out there, but these are the major ones. And when I'm looking for a Wayland compositor, right now, it's not like X11. Right now, I want something that is bringing in those new features, is like it, it's keeping up to date with the changing Wayland spec. Because over on Xorg, there's not really extra things to worry about. Like, it's it's mostly in maintenance mode. There's, like, a couple of patches that come out every year. <clears throat> you don't really have any major feature changes, no breaking API changes, nothing like that. So you can sort of just coast with an X11 uh, window manager, or with Xorg window manager, whatever you want to call it. As technically, it's X11, but I don't know how well some of them would work outside of an Xorg environment, because Xorg is basically the only x11 uh display server that exists right now that anyone cares about there's tiny wl a tiny wl and i guess technically x wayland some of them don't play nicely in x wayland but that's a whole separate issue so hyperland hyperland this is where this is how we get to hyperland basically eliminate everything because it's either too slow to update has a very specific goal, and that specific goal isn't to bring new things in. And Hyperland is basically the only compositor that is really trying to hug new things coming out with Wayland, for better or worse. And I'll, I'll get to that as well. So Hyperland is made by a developer called Vaxry. Now, I've talked to Vaxry on this show, uh, had him on a couple of weeks back, I think. Uh, Vaxry's a great guy. Works way too hard on this project, and I have no idea when he ever sleeps. Um, because it seems like he just commit, uh, commits code throughout the day, randomly at any time, and just is always working on this. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I really don't. But it seems like he really wants he really wants Hyperland to be good, and want it and wants it to be like really wants it to be this compositor that everybody can actually use and acts as this bridge between x11 and uh and and uh wayland so hyperland is bringing in a lot of these features i want to see basically as quickly as possible and that does mean that even though you are getting them sometimes things are a little bit wonky. And this is... This is where we get to, like, the, the main meat of, of the discussion here. So I think Hyperland is mostly great. And I think in the long run, I, I stand by this fact, I think in the long run, 
Hyperland is going to be incredible. I think right now, if you're worried about things moving too quickly, I would suggest using a Sway or using LabWC or anything else like that. But if you want to be like on the cutting edge and you don't want to be using Gnome and you don't want to be using KDE, Hyperland is your option. Because Hyperland includes things that are not included in the other, the other options. For example, Hyperland has a, a global hotkey solution. So I'll see if I can find it in my bookmarks. Hyperland. Here we go. Hyperland Wiki. Oh, one thing they added a while back, which is nice after my original Hyperland video, they added a version selector on the wiki. So right now, this is the Git version. If we go to select wiki version, I can select, you know, 24.1 or 25.0 or whatever version I'm currently using. Uh, and that's really nice. That is really... Vaxery. Vaxery. Um, if you happen to see this, your website's broken. <laughs> Wait, let's get back to an older version. Uh, yeah, his... <laughs> the website's broken. Okay, I'll definitely have to tell him about that. Uh, it's supposed... I... I I, th I think it's supposed to show you every version for the wiki version, but if you go to anything, if you go to anything older than the latest thing, which is obviously Git, it doesn't show you any of the other versions. That's a problem. So when I selected on 24.0, it didn't show me 24.1 or 25.0. <laughs> I don't know how you even managed to program a site to do that. I genuinely have no idea how you do that that's a weird mistake uh i'm guessing he's like generating the list based on where you currently are or something like that i'm not entirely sure that's not what i was going to talk about though the reason why i came here is for the global hotkeys global shortcut what does he call them uh i forgot to binds here we go okay so there's a bunch of different bindings and these are all like all the bindings work under the same uh, the same keyword. So you you bind everything using bind. And the difference is the dispatcher you are using. So the dispatcher is basically the command being run. So in this case, it's using super shift Q as the modifier and the key, and then it's using the exec dispatcher. And the exec dispatcher takes the name of an application and will then run the application. But there are other dispatchers. If we go down to here, this is for a global hotkey. So this time is it's using the pass dispatcher. The pass dispatcher will then pass the uh, pass the the modifier and the key you press into whatever application you specify. And you specify the application in various different ways. I believe this is doing it through the I want to say that's window title. I think it's window title. Um, if we go over to dispatcher, I think you can specify whether it's title or other things. Pretty sure. Could be mistaken. Um, uh, passes the key. Yeah, window title. I think you, I thought you could specify other things. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm just reading the wiki wrong. Actually. <laughs> I could very well be reading the wiki wrong. Um, title. I feel like there was something like that. 
Uh... Wait, no, no, I'm thinking of something else we can... Where you can specify based on class. Okay, that, that's something different. Okay, I, I'm... I think... Wait, I'm gonna check my... I config right now. <laughs> Give me just a moment. I, I, I'll check my config at this very moment. I know you guys can't see it. Um... Hyperland. Wait, no. The, the folder is called Hyper. Uh, scroll down. No, I'm thinking... Sorry, I'm thinking of window rules. Okay, that's my bad. That's a completely separate thing. Um, yeah. So, global hotkeys, you use the pass dispatcher, and then you can choose the application to send it in. So, in this case, it's sending Super F10 to the application called com.obsproject.studio, which is the Flatpak version of OBS. In this case, it's sending mouse 296, 296, I think it's like, that's left or right mouse? No, it's mouse 5. What the fuck is mouse 5? What is, I don't know what that key is. Mouse, mouse 5. Wait, 1, 2, maybe it's like scroll down or something. I could check, it doesn't matter though. But this time it's sending it into TeamSpeak 3. I guess, well, TeamSpeak names its application window with the version number. That's annoying. I guess, like, the, the major version, not, like, the individual version. So, this has been available in Hyperland for a very long time. <clears throat> this is not related to the, the global hotkey portal or anything like that. This is a completely separate thing. And for the most part, it works really, really well. Now... I had to modify some stuff with my OBS hotkeys. I've not checked if it's working properly again. Um, but initially, you guys might remember that I was using my my numpad. This this guy over here. I don't know why I'm showing you a numpad. You know what a numpad is. Um, I was using my numpad to control OBS. So I wanted to go like on my regular videos in the top right corner. It would be the number 9, because 9 is in the top right corner of my numpad. If I wanted to go to the bottom left, that would be 1. If I wanted to start recording, it's on... I think I had it on 0, just because it's an easy thing to hit at the bottom. If I wanted a full screen, it would be 5. That worked really well. Now, initially with Global Hotkeys, it didn't work with my numpad, and I'm not really sure why. I haven't checked again with Vax3 if it's fixed. Um... But for some reason, they just weren't showing up. Like, I would press them, and it just was completely ignoring them. <clears throat> the numbers were, like, clearly being detected properly in Hyperland. Other applications could use it, but for some reason, whatever Hyperland was doing with its hotkeys, it just wouldn't work. But it worked fine with every other key. So it was clearly something to do with the way that either the numpad keys are specified the way that the numpad is being handled, the way the keys are being handled, maybe some, like, I don't know, some parsing is done weirdly. I'm not really sure what was going on. But when I swapped over to using my F keys, then everything worked fine. And I don't like the F keys as much because, you know, you don't have that, that, like, visual shape. This is part of the reason why when I play FF14, I have my... Um, my my hotbars like shaped in the same shape as the buttons on my MMO mouse, which I highly recommend doing. So like it's a it's three in a row and then four rows down. And I have my bar shaped like that because this works more as like a 
a way to remember which button to press. It's just like a way to more quickly ingrain the muscle memory. If I changed it now, I'd probably be fine, but I kind of like it the way it is. Um, and that's what I was doing with OBS. I've gotten used to it now, like with the, the F keys. So it's not a big deal. Like it's, it's really not a big deal. It's just a slight inconvenience I had initially. Either way though, having global hotkeys work, just that by itself, even if I have to change how stuff works, is so nice to have that I could deal with slightly changing my experience. One thing I am considering doing is something that Josh told me about last week, which is using OBS Blade, where he has like a tablet and is controlling it like through some uh, OBS socket stuff and a, a Android app. I might mess around with that, see how that goes. But for now, like this is fine and is doing everything I need it to do. The one issue I have though is I don't know if this is intentional or if this is, like, what the deal is here. But when I have my F keys... So I have my F keys always being sent, like, you know, through the, the dispatcher thing. um, Through the, the past dispatcher. Applications that don't have the F keys being sent into them are not able to read the F keys. I... This, this seems weird to me coming from X11 where everything can just read whatever. But yeah, so in my... Um, actually, like OBS, for example. If I wanted to bind the F key in OBS, I would have to unbind it first in Hyperland because the, like the bind window is a separate window from the regular OBS window. And then I would have to re-enable in Hyperland and then it will work. It's like a weird... I, I, I presume there's some like weird WL root stuff going on there that makes it so it doesn't work. The same thing is like true if I have a Pulse Mixer, for example. So in Pulse Mixer, you can... I think I can show you a picture of Pulse Mixer, actually. Pulse Mixer. Images. What the hell? When I, when I search Pulse Mixer, my video is the first one that shows up. Jesus. How many views does this have? After my previous video, shut up, Brody. 10k three years ago. Jesus Christ. Anyway, not the point. Um, so this right here is Pulse Mixer. Yes, this will work. So see along the top here, it has F1, F2, F3. You can go through the different tabs using your F keys. Your other option is tabbing between them, so it still works just fine. Um, but. Not being able to go through that with my F keys is odd. I'm sure that I could fix it by just sending the the F keys to every application that needs the F keys. I just don't know why I need to do that and why it's just not working already with applications when I'm focused. Because in this case, like with Pulse Mixer, I'm not I'm not trying to run the F keys globally. I'm not trying to do this thing globally. I'm just trying to run it locally. So I would have assumed the global hotkeys don't like interfere with the, the local hotkeys, but maybe they do. And that could very well be like a limitation of how WL roots actually works. If it's not, um, that's good. <laughs> that, you know, that's good. But like, as it stands, it is what it is. Um, I'll deal with it later it, it as I, said, I can tap through most things it's so not really that big of a deal um one thing i did have on here was the 
wiki versions, but I guess I already touched on it. There's not really that much to say about it, is there? Having a versioned wiki is nice. The reason why I suggested this to, to Vaxarian originally is, let's say, for example, this ever ends up on something like, uh, I don't know, Fedora, like, uh, I don't know, anything else that does, there's not Arch Linux, where you're constantly rolling between releases. When this eventually gets more stable, you're going to get to a point where you're not doing releases like every two weeks, every three weeks, having a Git version that's rolling every single day. So there's going to come a point where distros ship Hyperland and then, you know, they're going to be on that version of Hyperland for one month, for six months, for a year, however long they decide to keep it around. And users, if they didn't have versions, would always be on the, the Git version. So you have this documentation that is way too new for the applications that you're actually seeing people use in the world. This is something I liked from Awesome. Awesome has this as well. It's not something you always need, and you don't really need versions going all the way back to the start. But like having some sort of versioning here for those cases where users actually like want to see that older stuff and need to see that older stuff is really nice to have. Mm. I'm happy you added it. I'm just I'm not sure why it doesn't work properly if you go to the older ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next thing I guess is the weird file manager issues I had. So I guess not had, I still have. So in Sway, your file manager works like you'd expect. You can drag a file to any application from you know, any kind of file manager, whether it's a ex-Wayland file manager, whether it's a native Wayland file manager, it's going to work just fine. And I thought that would be the case on Hyperland, but it wasn't. So if I... I'll see if I can find the exact... Uh, the exact criteria under which it functioned. Because I'm, I'm going to get it confused otherwise. Uh, so if we go... Drag and drop? Is this it? If I go drag... Where is it? I, I should have found... Oh, here it is. Perfectly. Um, yes, here it is. Cool. So... Okay. So initially... Okay, it still it still seems to be issues here and there. So initially, if I had a Wayland file manager, so anything GTK3, anything QT, it worked fine. If I tried to drag from a Wayland window into an X Wayland window, uh yeah, if I tried to drag from a Wayland window into an X Wayland window, it like half worked some of the some of the time, but that might have just been a weird electron issue. But if I went from an X Wayland window into any other window, then it didn't work. 
So I use an X Whale and Window Manager, uh, X Whale and File Manager. You might be like, why the hell are you doing that? The reason is I use the main version of PC Man FM. This is based on GTK2. I know there is a GTK3 version. I know there is a QT version. I like the GTK2 version. It works and I like the look of it. I'm not going to change it. That's as simple as that. And it worked fine on other things. Now, according to Vaxry, X Wayland to Wayland didn't work for him on Sway. Um, I don't recall ever having that issue. It always seemed to work fine for me, but I may just never have properly tested it. Uh, either way, it's not entirely clear why this problem is happening. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird issue. And yeah, now I can drag from... Now I can drag from X Whalen to X Whalen. He did fix that. So I can do from like uh PC Man FM into GIMP. Because they're both GTK2, they're both X Whalen. I can do from uh like PC Man FM into Discord, because Discord is a a uh X Whalen application. So for whatever reason, it even though it was half working. Oh no, it's Wayland that was half working, yeah. So I still have the issue where Wayland, Wayland to X Wayland is half working, but X Wayland to X Wayland is working fine now. So I can like get around stuff. I can force applications to run X Wayland and things like that. It's just annoying when I can't just, you know, what I'll do on on the X11 side is I would have my file manager and drag my files just directly into Caden Live. I can't, <clears throat> I can't do that right now because it just doesn't work but i can like half do it so like it will change the icon and sometimes it'll like move the files into a completely separate directory i don't know what that's about i feel like that's part of it half working so it's it, it it's odd um yeah look i could get around this by just having a wayland and an x wayland file manager but i just don't want to deal with that hassle i just i just want it to work maybe one day when everything is Wayland, it's just no longer an issue? Yeah, maybe. But for now, I still have a couple of applications that I I can't escape the X Wayland version. When when Discord decides to have a Wayland uh, have a Wayland version, which they can do because they do have Electron and Electron supports Wayland, so the matter you're actually doing it. Um when they do that, and then I eventually, like, get a file manager that I like that's Wayland. I don't know. Maybe I'll find a way to, like, to, like, the GTK3 PC Man FM. I'll find a theme I like or something. I just don't like the look of it out of the box. And, yeah, uh, that that's that's my main issue with it. Um, I think those are pretty much the only thing. Uh, GIMP is going to be GTK3... Maybe this year, maybe soonish. That's pretty much th those two are the main things, and the, obviously the file manager. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just little things like this which can be a bit funky, and it's not like a lot of the the funkiness. Besides this, isn't just Hyperland. Like I'm gonna talk about things in the context of using Hyperland, but not every issue I talk about is going to be Hyperland specific. One of those being 
the weird issue I had with my camera. So this happens on Sway as well. I don't know if it's consistent on Sway, but I've certainly seen it reported on Sway. I think I've seen it reported on KDE as well. Um, so, okay. When I play a game like Final Fantasy XIV, this is a game that is very heavy on mouse usage. And for some weird reason, I'm not sure why, but if you click the mouse, it's not even moving it, right? Like, that would be one thing. If you moved it and something weird happened, whatever. But if you click the mouse, randomly it snaps your camera so, like, you're staring right at the ground, which, you know, if you're in, like, a fight, you're trying to navigate the map, do anything in the game can be really really annoying and i didn't know what was happening i'll see if i can find it uh i think it was on like reddit or something i saw it old dot reddit maybe i'll find it then is it here i don't know it's not in my history anymore damn it i probably won't be able to refind it wait no i found it yes okay so People reported the exact same problem here. This is the problem, where, like, you, you click, and then occasionally the camera just snaps. This happens in other games like Guild Wars 2 and other games that involve a lot of, uh, a lot of camera movement. I don't know why. I genuinely don't know why. No one knows why. It's been reported in various places, and it is just a problem. I think KDE still has the problem. Someone... Quote me on that. Uh, some correct me on that if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it does. I tried a bunch of things to deal with it, like running uh, Wine in its virtual desktop mode. So it's not just like a, it's not just opening the application. Like it literally has a virtual Windows desktop that you can like do Windows desktopy things in. Um, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work at all. The only thing that worked consistently for me is running GameScope. So GameScope, if you don't know, GameScope is a Wayland compositor. It's not like a, a Wayland compositor in the same sense as like Hyperland or Sway or anything like that. What it is, is a much simpler Wayland compositor, more akin to something like uh, Wayland Jail or something. There's this little application where you run a one program and nothing it and nothing else. This does basically the same thing. So this is a microcompositor, formerly known as Steam Comp MGR, and basically it runs. Th this is what most games on the Steam Deck are run as. So if you do like your your FSR injection, you do your your frame rate control, things like that. All of that is being controlled by GameScope. I think you can disable GameScope if you want to, but, like, I think as a default, it just uses GameScope for everything. And it works, like, really well. Like, really, really, really well. So, running games in this just completely dealt with the problem. I don't know what GameScope is doing differently from Sway and Hyperland. Um... But I'm, I, I do wish that someone would 
sort of explore that, who understands the code and understands, like, what could possibly be causing it. Because if I didn't need to run Gamescope, I, I wouldn't run Gamescope. Like, I don't hate Gamescope, right? But I don't like adding things just for the sake of fixing a problem. It's one thing to add Gamescope because you want to force FSR. You want to you want to force a frame rate. You want to, I don't know, uh, other things that it, this can do. Um, you want to limit a frame rate. You want to change a resolution. You want to force borderless or full screen. Things like this. Like, if that's what you want to do, fine. But when I run Gamescope... I'll, I'll find the script, actually. I think the script I've just called FF14. Um, go and uh, go to my scripts folder. FFXIV. Yeah, it's just called FF14. So the script is literally gamescope-w 1920-h1080-dash the name of the program. So what I'm saying is run, the, uh, run a window that's 1920 by 1080 and run the program, which is basically the same as saying, run the program. <laughs> I'm only specifying the, the width and height just to make sure it doesn't like do wonky things and try to give me some random resolution that doesn't make any sense. Um, so if I didn't need to run Gamescope, I wouldn't run Gamescope. From my experience, I've not seen any other games causing an issue. To be fair, I don't play that many games with a mouse anyway. Like, I'm playing DMC3 with controller. I played Hogwarts with a controller. I play uh, Yakuza with a controller. Most games, I just play with a controller. So it's very possible if I play something like Path of Exile, for example, it could have issues. I've wanted to go back and play it. I'll have to go and experiment with that and just see what happens. I have a feeling it will happen um, because it does happen in multiple other games that are completely unrelated. It's not like it's an engine issue with running under x Whalen and running on Whalen, things like that. It seems to just be a problem with how the mouse is handled on Whalen. Once again, not specifically Hyperland, but a more general Wayland issue. Minus Gamescope, because they work something else. <laughs> I guess while I'm on the topic of games... We can talk about my experience gaming on a Tyler and also gaming under Wayland. So, okay, gaming on a Tyler by itself is already weird. So, you know, on, on Windows, games expect to be in either floating or full screen. Those are the two states. Floating, where they can set their, their width and their height to whatever they need it to be, and then full screen, where it's full screen. It's the entire screen. Now, the problem is when you have a game that's tiled, because a lot of games don't know what that means. A lot of games assume if it's tiled, that's the size of the entire monitor. I've had a lot of games that just make up new resolutions because you have, you have a, a, a window that's like, not exactly half the size of your screen. It's like a little bit because you also have gaps. Yeah, it, it can get funky. But that's just general tile stuff you see on Xorg as well. Usually, if you full screen a game, it's fine. Usually, there are some there are some games that are a little bit crashy under, under Proton. Um, and those games will crash if you change their resolution 
in any way besides changing a setting. So you can usually get around it by forcing full screen and things like that, but for the most part, it's 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 not a problem. Um, you add X Whale on top of that, then you get some really wonky stuff. Uh, wait, I think if I go to my latest, if I go to my latest Yakuza stream. Actually, I should be able to find it. Uh, let me see. So, uh, Brody, oh uh, no, what is it? Brody on Games, that's the channel. Brody on Games, here we go. Is this it? Yes. Yes. Was it actually, may, it may, may not have been the latest, might have been the one before that. No, shit, it wasn't the latest, it, was one, it definitely was the one before that. Okay. Shut up. Uh, live. Here we go. And there it is. Right at the start. Here it is. So this is a, this is a fairly common occurrence where the game will just think it's in a made up resolution. I think right now it assumes it's not even trying to run like an ultra wide. It's trying to run ultra wide as if ultra wides were a thing back when like 480p displays were normal. So it's like super low res, but also super stretched. Yakuza does weird things where it adds borders around the game. I don't know why it does that. The weird game. Um, but that's the whole that's a whole separate Yakuza thing. Um Same with Hogwarts also has problems. I'll see if I can find one where actually. Did I show it in this one? Sometimes at the start of my, my Hogwarts streams, I I have to, like, start up the game. Uh, is this one? And I don't think I'm going to find one that has it. Go ahead. Where is it? Where's the game? No. Okay. I full screened it there. So this has the same problem, but not wide. It kind of, like, squishes it. So... I don't know entirely, like, why that happens. Like, I get the, um, I get it being weird with Tyler's, but I don't know why X Whalen makes things extra weird. I'm sure there is some explanation for it. I'm sure, almost spilled my tea. I'm sure there's, like, some way I could make it consistently not happen, but I've not really come up with anything anything good to deal with it some games play nicely if i like force them into floating by default some don't so there's not really any like anything consistent the problem is windows games are fucking terribly designed and they're all designed in a different way so if i find a solution that works in one game it might not work in another game like if i go back and play need for speed most wanted the original one if I, if I like move my cursor off the game and I, I don't have the game set to auto tile. I think I have to set that one to auto tiling actually. Yeah, I set it to auto tiling. Um, the keyboard just stops working. There's just like weird Windows games do stupid things. Once again, that's not an issue with Hyperland. That's not even an issue with Wayland, like specifically. That's just. Playing Windows games on Linux, while it's great that we can do it, um, 
it does cause quite a few headaches uh, here and there. As, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like it to be better, and it's certainly getting better. Just game support is just generally getting better. But even so, there's there are going to be cases where... Yeah, you know, you know, there's just nothing, there's just nothing that can really be, uh, properly done about it. But, like, as a general gaming experience, like, when a game works properly, like, uh, I play Have a Nice Death, or I have Yakuza actually working, or I get Hogwarts actually working, or I go play F14 in GameScope, or DMC3, like, I'm playing through now on, on stream as well. All of these games, when I get them working are working fine. There is obviously a little bit of extra input lag because of game scope and all that stuff. From my experience, it's not that bad. Now, I do play on a 165 hertz monitor, so that helps. That definitely helps. Unless I'm in FF14 and in Limsa Laminza and the game's running at 30 FPS because it's fucking Limsa Laminza. And everybody is there, so the game lags to hell. But that's an FF14 problem. Um, <laughs> when I'm playing Have a Nice Death, it's running at a solid 165. Or, you know, if I hopped onto Hades or I hopped onto Dead Cells or anything else I might want to play, it's fine. Like, I, I don't have any complaints about it. I don't really have anything to write home about. It's more like it's mostly as good as it is on Xorg, which is... Fine. Pretty much. I think when I last, uh, when I was like actively, uh, actively using Sway, back then Proton was a little bit flakier. And I did have some games like um, East 8, Lacrimosa of Dana, was like funkier on Wayland than it was on X11. But I think that was just. Uh, more of a Proton problem at the time. Now in the days of Proton 8, most games are just... It is, I, I haven't personally found any extra issues. I do know that the extra input lag could be an issue if you're like a... You know, you're a Counter-Strike player that likes to have the absolute minimal input lag whatsoever. I play on a shitty Red Dragon keyboard... Half the time I'm playing with a I'm playing with a Logitech G600. The other half the time I play with a Bluetooth mouse. Maybe when I was like 16, I would have noticed a difference. But like, what am I fucking 25 now? I'm an old man. I don't have any like my my input my input reaction time, whatever you want to call it. My reaction time is fucking horrible. Um, it makes no difference to me. Plus, I was never really, I was never really that good at games anyway. So having the extra input lag isn't that bad. It's not bad to the. It's not like playing, you know, an old console through a HDMI converter on a modern TV. We have like a hundred milliseconds lag, and you can literally see the difference between pressing a button and the action happening. When I do things, they happen when I expect them to. There's probably a delay, but I'm not personally perceiving it. 
I would recommend trying out gaming on Wayland before you actually like come to a conclusion. You could probably hear the numbers, but like actually trying it for yourself on your hardware is going to tell you what it's actually like in your case. I, I would like someone to actually do those numbers. I just don't have the hardware to properly test it. Um, you know, like a like a mouse clicker thing and then like a millisecond timer. Like, you know what LGT does when they're doing their, their like testing with monitors, things like that. I'm sure you could do the same thing on Wayland as well and just see what the numbers actually are. Uh, yeah. So one other thing that I have had to do is so I, I use a I use a, a a a drawing tablet. I use a drawing tablet for making my thumbnails. Um basically because I, I find it easier to do like the eraser. Uh, I if you don't know this, all of my thumbnail pictures are original for every single thumbnail. I a couple of times, I won't say I've never done it, but I almost never reuse the same face on my main channel thumbnails same with the podcast game channel i use the same picture like all the time but main channel and podcast channel i cut out the faces every single time and i just find it easier to use a drawing tablet i bought it to play osu and i bought it to learn how to draw but now it serves me basically just fine as a glorified eraser now when you use a drawing tablet and you have multiple monitors and you don't hate yourself, you need to configure the monitor your tablet is bound to. So over on the X11 side, there is a Wacom driver and it works fine. Fine. That's the best way to put it. It doesn't work well. It's not good. It's fine. The reason I say it's fine is when you unplug the, 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 the drawing tablet, it resets all your settings. So you want to have your settings in a script. So every time you plug it in, it either auto runs the script or you run it yourself, whatever you know how to do. Uh, doing an auto run script with UDev would be very easy to do. I'm just lazy and stupid and never set it up. So I just had it in a regular script and just ran it every time I needed the tablet. Um... That doesn't work on Hyperland. Hyperland does not have support for configuring your tablet like that. So if we go to Hyperland and then tablets, um, maybe I go to the wiki. Hyperland, where's the wiki? How do I get to? Why don't I just use my bookmark? <laughs> uh, if I go tablet, why did the search not work? Okay tablet i didn't press enter that would be why <laughs> okay uh tablet my tablet no worky so what you have to do is use something called the open tablet driver now for any of you osu players out there even the osu players on windows you may recognize the name open tablet driver because this is an alternative to the more drawing-y focused drivers that are shipped by the manufacturers. It works with a lot of tablets and it's great. Open tablet driver is great. Uh, it saves my settings. So when I replug the tablet in, it works. 
I don't have to configure anything. It goes automatically to my main monitor, not my second monitor, not my third monitor, not a combination of both, not like split in a weird way, not using half the monitor. It goes to the correct one, and that is all. And that's great. It also remembers my uh, my pen settings, so it remembers like the bindings I have on my pen because I like to like navigate around, uh, you know, rotate the thing and all that stuff using my pen. It's great. It has a GUI interface. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. It just it just works great. And also, if I was using uh, Windows or Mac OS, I could have the same settings across the different OSs because it works on all three, which is also great. Open Tablet Driver is great, and I've had been meaning to do a video about this for so long, I just never really got around to doing it. Um, one thing to note about Open Tablet Driver, it only shows this message on the screen briefly the first time you install it. Uh, disable the, the, the Wacom driver, or like the driver for whatever tablet you're using, because if you don't, the drivers are going to compete over the tablet. And that will not work. Your uh, at least with the Wacom driver, it's going to cause your tablet, your 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 like marker with your tablet, like the where your cursor is on the screen, to like rapidly teleport back and forth, and it's completely unusable. So disable the kernel module for the Wacom driver. Have the open tablet driver just running in the background, or just open it whenever you need it, and it does the job. And honestly, I don't mind that Hyperland doesn't have a way to configure your, your tablet. The fact that they make it clear that you should use Open Tablet Driver, um, great. Maybe if they have some way in the future to, like, uh, you know, they say support it in the config, that would be great, where it, like, automatically configure, uh, configure stuff in Open Tablet Driver for you. That would be good. But I, I really hope that Vaxbury doesn't try to consider, like, making his own tablet drivers or something stupid like that. Just use Open Tablet Driver because it does what it needs to do. And that's all it needs to do. And it's good. Yes. <laughs> and it also makes playing also better because it's a slightly lighter driver. It's also good. And, like, has less input lag and things like that. Better, conf uh, better to configure, easy to configure, has a nice GUI. Yeah. There's some TASMR for you. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do we have on here? I'll get to that one. Okay. Well, you know, we'll do something positive. So. Because we've got a lot, we've got a lot of negative still to come up. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do the positive first. So one of the nice things about Hyperland, one of the things I, I didn't think I would care about, but sort of, I, I have kind of grown fond of, is the animations. So Hyperland has this, has this animation system. Um, it's like a why am I searching Hyperland? Animation is what I'm trying to search for. So, the animations are structured in a tree. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> They're structured in a tree. So, you have your global, you have the window animations, and then under that, you have, like, windows in, windows out, move, things like that. 
So the reason why they're a tree is if you want to have a setting that is consistent across everything, you can set it in global. If you want it to be uh, the same in all of the like all of these ones, you can set it in Windows. If you want it to be the same in all of these ones, you can set it in Fade. But if you want to go and like have a global one or like have a Fade one and then override specific things, you can easily go and do that as well. This is a great way to have the animation system and I like it. Um, I would like in the future there to be more sub like more animations available things like that right now the animations that are there are fine i i like them um i i i, I like having the slide i have a i do have a pop in yeah i do have a pop in when you make a window and when you close a window i have gotten rid of some of the animations just because i don't care about them really uh but it does add like a nice a nice dynamic to moving around your your window manager like when you're using i3 when you're using awesome it's very static like you go from one desktop to another it just instantly teleports and it's fine and it works great but like there is something nice about having your desktop be you know slightly more modern slightly more slick it, it's something that just adds a bit of flair to your desktop without it being you know burning windows which i'm sure some people still like but you know it's, it's a bit much it's a very it's a very subtle way of livening up your desktop without without sacrificing time like you can make these animations as quick as possible like you can have it be like near instant and you don't even see the animation or you can have it be slower and appreciate it more if you want to you can go too far with that and basically break your desktop. Uh, if you set it to like, you know, 10 seconds, uh, things get real weird when you start doing long animations. Um, I wouldn't recommend it if, if you're trying to make things work, but if your goal is to experiment with them, try it out. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun because things don't know how to behave properly when they are moving that slowly. Um... I don't really have any criticisms of the animations. Like, the animations are just... It's another one of those things where... Like, it's hard to say things about Hyperland which are, like... Which are, like, really good. Because a lot of the desktop is just really good. But it's a lot easier to to go over the, like, the issues. Because you can, like, ramble on about issues for a lot longer than just being like, Oh, thing works. It's good. Yeah. Most of the desktop is like that, like, you know, configuring it just works. Uh, having your config automatically reload just works. Killing the compositor just works. Uh, any And pretty much all of the basic stuff, like configuring monitors, just works. Uh, I would like there to be a, a GUI tool for helping you... I, I, actually, does the... Wait, there might actually be a GUI tool that works with Hyperland that allows you to easily configure stuff, but I think you'd have to, like, convert it into the, the Hyperland format. Um, and which, my, my monitor configuration is exceptionally weird, because I have a vertical monitor in the middle, and then 
two, uh, sorry, a horizontal monitor in the middle and then two vertical monitors. So getting those lined up is a little bit annoying. Uh, you got to do a bit of like maths to work out where things need to be placed. And it's, 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 it's a whole thing. Once you get it working though, it's just all good. Um, there might be a GUI tool that does work with Hyperland and just automatically sets it up. I know there's one for Sway. So I, I would assume that it's just WL root stuff and not and not I3 stuff, but I'm not certain there. I'll have to go and uh, I'll have to go and experiment with that just to see if I can remember what the application's called. Uh I'll have to go and experiment with that and just see what happens. Could just do nothing. <laughs> Which is an option. Um, but once you have your monitors configured, like, it's fine. Obviously, it'd be more of an issue if you're, like, plugging in projectors and going around using different resolutions. Like, I have an ultra-wide here. I have a 4x3 here. I have a 16x9. I have different resolutions. Then it would get funky and... Nah. But um, just having a stable desktop that just sits there... No issue. No issue whatsoever. So, let's see. Do we have any other positive things? Okay. Last positive... Actually, no. We have another positive thing. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do plugins first. We'll save the other one till the end. So, recently... That's not recently. A couple of months ago now. Um, Hyperland added the ability to have plugins. Why does that button... Why is that not a button? Um... But that's, wait, that's a button? Why is that a button? It takes you to a page that has nothing on it. <laughs> why, is, why, why is your site set up like this factory? <laughs> that is a completely useless page. Anyway. Um, so, plugins. Plugins are written in C++. Uh, I believe the reason for that is the... A writing like having an API work for other languages would be a bit funky. He'd have to like work out how to do it. So it's just like C++ it is. Just use it. Um now the plugins are Okay. When I say plugin, I don't mean they're like a plugin some like weird special plugin API that's gonna check things to make sure it's not gonna like light your PC on fire. As Vaxry says here, it could just wipe your entire computer. So, don't install random things. Don't do that. Bad idea. They are just regular programs that can hook into Hyperland. So, the main purpose for plugins is sort of filling the gaps for things that just... Filling the gaps for things that, that just don't make any sense to be built into Hyperland. This isn't like DWL where you have basic functionality that is going to be um basic functionality that is going to be a part of like a, a separate thing. This is more like here are the ones we have that are like the official plugins. We have borders plus plus allowing you to have double borders. Why I don't I don't know why people like double borders, but some people do. Here is a fix for CSGO like a custom resolution custom resolution fix for CSGO. And this one is to add like title bars above the windows. I don't like title bars. I don't really I don't know why I'm showing it doing it like this because you can't see it. Um but I don't like title bars, so I don't have them. <laughs> but title bars are like the you know the thing that shows you like the click click the X button, click them 
the the minimize button and then it has like a title of the window i don't think it has the x or the minimize but it will have the title of the window i feel like that just wastes space i can see what the window is i have eyes if i was going to have the window title it would be in my my status bar just because there's nothing in that space and it's not having like additional wasted space there uh, just for the purpose of a uh, a title bar um if we go i think if i think there is like a here we go. Hyperland plugin topic. Here we go. This is what the other thing I was looking for. So currently there are 11 public repositories matching this topic. I don't know if there are more plugins I'm unaware of, uh, but these are the ones that I, I do know about. So Hyperload is a Hyperland plugin manager. Split monitor workspace, a small Hyperland plugin to provide awesome like workspace behavior. Awesome as in awesome WM. Guys, right. I'm going to say this one more time to all of the developers out there. Okay? 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 Guys, guys, right? Include a fucking video demonstrating what your project does. I know it's great to include all this fucking stupid text dump. Include a video. It takes you like three seconds. I don't need you to have like a 15-minute video explaining Every little thing it does, that's fine. But just include a video demonstrating it. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's true for any developer out there. Just, 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 just minimum screenshots, bare minimum screenshots. But please have just have a video, have a video. Um, <laughs> it'll make it so much easier for me to understand what your project's doing. So this one makes your workspaces. Ah, yeah, this one makes your workspaces behave like awesome WM. So on, on Hyperland, when you have workspaces, um, your workspaces are shared between the desktops. So if I have workspaces 1 to 9, for example, I have workspaces 1 to 5 on monitor 1, 6 and 7 on monitor 2, 8 and 9 on monitor 3. But on DWM and awesome... If you have workspaces 1 to 9, you have 1 to 9 on monitor 1, on monitor 2, and on monitor 3. You could configure them to be different, but as a default, the workspaces are not shared. Um, which gives you some different behavior. Like, if I, if I was to move the window that uh, you're seeing right here, that causes weird behavior and move my... Huh. Because you can't see the window moving, you actually see my cursor moving on, like, the OBS output. That's odd. Huh, I don't know why that happened. I'm sure it's, like... That's probably, like, weird portal behavior, I would assume. But if I was to move this window onto another... Onto another workspace, on Awesome, if I was going to move it to, another, like, Workspace 7, it would only go to Workspace 7 on the current monitor. On Hyperland, that could be a completely separate monitor. This basically fixes that. I've been meaning to install this, um, but I just didn't get around to it. <laughs> but I, I do like that behavior, and it did bother me that Hyperland didn't support that out of the box. Uh, Hyper NStack, Hyperland plugin for NStack tiling layout. Another one does have a fucking video, guys. Include a fucking video. Um, this plugin is a modified version of Hyperland's master layout. The primary change is it allows an arbitrary number of non-master stacks. Of non... Oh, 
Okay, so as I said before, master stack is where you have a master node and then a stack. What this is saying is you can have as many of those stacks as you want. I don't really care for that. It's like a one one master, one node's enough, but I'm sure someone will care about it. Uh, Hyperfocus. Flash focus inspired plugin for Hyperland. What does that mean? What? that guys wow thank you i appreciate it so oh okay so this one it's showing which window you're currently focused on by briefly flashing the window i find that to be horrendously annoying um but i guess if you hate yourself i think this is it's probably like wait that's what bar is that? I don't know what bar that is. Is that... This might be on, like, Xmonad or something. Um, yeah, I don't like that, but I'm sure someone does. See, like, these are cool plugins that, like, add functionality that just don't make any sense to be in base Hyperland. Or Hyper River lets you use river layouts... <laughs> lets you use river layouts in Hyperland. And this is one of the things I was saying about River before... River has a lot of layout and a lot of these like layout provider things. This brings that functionality over here. This is why a plugin system is super cool. Uh, I think this next one, High 3, this is a new one. I don't think this was here last time. Hyperland plugin for an I3 slash sway like manual tiling layout. No fucking how many of these fucking plugins don't have a video? <laughs> any of you plugin devs here. Okay, you know what? Any of you plugin devs, if you are watching this video, right? Send me a DM. I will make you a video. <laughs> I will make you a video. Just stop it. Um, this adds manual tiling. Once again, not for me. Uh, this is cool. This is not a plugin. This is a <laughs> this is a template to make a plugin. So if you have no idea how to even get started, this I don't know what I'm looking at. It's fucking C code. It's it's C code plus W roots. How long <laughs> how long is this line? Yeah, that's certainly a line. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm sure this would be useful if you're trying to actually make a plugin. Uh, Hyperland plugin that overrides grouping behavior on dwindle layout to automatically group child nodes on creation. What did that? What does that mean? <sighs> Do I need to say it? Do I have a bulb patch on my head, you're on? Maybe I do. Um, do I need to say it? There's no video. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hyperland, same app cycling. No JS script to cycle. I don't think it's a plugin, is it? It says it's a plugin, but it's JavaScript. It's not C++. I guess, I guess it's like a, a C++ hook into JavaScript. Huh. 
a Node.js helper script for the Hyperlane Tiling Window Manager, which enables cycling through open instances of the same app that is currently focused via a keybind. That's cool, but no video. Um, Hyperland plugin Nix. Hyperland Nix plugin template. I think that's just for um, making uh, like a Nix package. Hyperlens. Hyperland plugin for a different shared texture as the transparent X-ray background. What? A small plugin to provide a shared image as the background for transparent images. Oh, that's actually really cool. So when you have a transparent image, uh, transparent window, it's going to show your wallpaper, obviously, because it's seeing the thing behind it. This would allow you to have a different image uh, besides your wallpaper. That's really cool. That actually is really cool. It's not my thing. Like, I don't really care for it. Um, but like, that's really awesome. What is this? Someone someone made a video showing they're using I may have taken plugins too far. So they have Does the OP say what they have? They're using Hyper River. Oh, oh, this is the guy who actually made Hyper River. Oh. Okay. Okay, okay. I thought he was looking like I have like all of the plugins installed. I have no idea what they're all doing. <laughs> So right now, there's only a, a, a like a small handful of plugins, but the plugins that are there are really useful. And there's not really that many like things you kind of need plugins for in Hyperland. Like most of the functionality is just there. But with a plugin system, over time you're gonna have weird things like Hyper River made, like the um the app cycling thing, and I'm sure there are plenty of other things people can come up with slowly into the future that are going to, like, extend the functionality, but just don't fit into the, the core Hyperland. And that's cool. Like, that, that's really cool. And hopefully, hopefully, like, more of that stuff exists. Even if I'm not going to use most of it, it's still awesome. It's still really awesome. And someone is. Someone absolutely is. And like Hyper River, it might make migration from one uh, one system to another a lot easier. Because, you know, if you really like the 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 um, the layout system in River, I can see why you wouldn't want to use something else. But if the, the layout system in River is the only thing making you keep using River, well, if it works in Hyperland, maybe you don't need to use River anymore. Obviously, you have the issue with plugins, where if you add plugins, now you have to worry about something actually being updated. Otherwise, you got to, like, hold back versions and things like that. It's a, it's a problem, but... Oh, but as time goes on, as Hyperlane gains more attention, hopefully, um, hopefully the big ones, at least the big ones, end up being properly supported into the future. Last time I looked at the uh, the repo for Hyperland, it had like a... Here we go. Stars over time. So, this is how, like, it's been gaining popularity. Like, it, it's... Back here, nobody knew about it. <laughs> nobody at all. And they're like, whoop! I think this is when Vaxby first posted about it on, on Reddit. And then this was probably, like, a second time. Whoop! And whoop! Probably somewhere around... I think somewhere around here is when I did my podcast with Vaxry. 
I don't think that would have caused like that much of a spike, but it certainly didn't hurt it by the looks of it. I know it got like attention on, it got some attention on on Reddit, it got some attention on 4chan. So I'm sure, especially like the rants about like the upstream whale and stuff. Um, <laughs> I know that got attention, so I'm sure that that would have helped out the project at least at least a tiny little bit. So. One thing, not one thing, multiple things I want to talk about. Uh, I want to get into some of the, like, actual serious problems I've had. Some of these problems have been dealt with. Uh, some of them I'm still, some of them I'm still dealing with over time. So, one of the, uh, one of them that has been dealt with is my GTK2 issue. More GTK2 stuff. I know GTK2 is long deprecated, but GIMP, like uh, PC Man FM, I'm not going to leave them. I like them. I'm sure I could deal with the problems by not doing that, but like it is what it is. So a while back, uh, can I find it? GTK2. Mm, if we go GIMP. Uh, so a while back, if I moved a layout, uh, a, a layer, if I moved a UI element, if I did anything in GIMP, it would crash my entire compositor. Um, here it is. Okay. It would literally just kill my compositor in an instant. Uh, this was obviously a bug. <laughs> and it happened in PC Man FM as well, which gave me an indication it's probably something to do with GTK2. So what happened at this time is... Uh, it also wasn't happening on Git at the time, which is annoying. What was happening at the time is there was a... There was a patch that Vaxry forgot to... <laughs> <laughs> that Vaxry forgot to merge. All it is doing here is checking if max.x is less than min.x instead of equals equals zero. I don't know the context for this, but because of this equals equals zero on uh, max.y and max.x, uh, <laughs> for some reason, it would cause... <laughs> It would cause GTK apps to just instantly crash, which was a problem because I, I didn't know why it was happening. So for a short period, maybe a couple of days, I was like, you know what? Uh, I basically have to stop using Hyperland. Like, this is unusable for me. I can't make thumbnails because, like, if I'm making a thumbnail, I'm going to move some layers around in, in GIMP. I, I, just, I just couldn't do it. Uh, when I told Vaxry, though, he just got it fixed in, like, real short amount of time. Uh, I'd been waiting on a full release to stop using the Git version. It seems like it's now in the 0.25 release. So I will probably go migrate back over to the main version, get off Git, and uh, maybe some of my other problems will go away. So, I... That, that problem's been dealt with. My other main problem is... I have had some crashes. Now, the thing about the crashes is I don't know how to report them because I don't know what's happening. I don't know the condition to cause them to happen. I don't know, 
Like, if it's something I'm doing, I don't know if it's an application I'm running, I don't know if it's related to Hyperland, if it's something else. Under random occasions, like once every week and a half, two weeks, at some random time, a crash will happen. Sometimes I'm like recording a video, sometimes I'm doing something else. So I don't know how to report it as a problem. Like the GIMP one, that was like that was like a, a problem that made sense. I opened the file in GIMP, I moved it to layer, it crashed. I open the file in GIMP, move a tool, it crashes. I make a new file, do something, it crashes. Like that was an easy one to report. Like I could replicate that one really easily. But these other ones which are like more, you know, random, unclear why they're occurring are a lot harder to know how to report. Like, I could just go onto the bug tracker, be like, Hyperland crashing, here's my crash report. And I just don't really have any ex extra information to give. I don't think that's that useful. Obviously, the crash report is a useful thing to give, but without any replication conditions, without anything else to, to properly help explain the problem, I feel like it would just be like filling up the bug tracker with nonsense without any clear way on how to deal with it. I'm sure some devs probably have a different opinion here, but I, I personally think that reporting a bug in that fashion isn't useful. Maybe it is useful to just give the bug the bug report and the dev can like work it out themselves, but I don't like wasting a developer's time with a problem that's unclear why it's a problem. Um... So far, like, hype, like, don't get me wrong, right? I'm not saying Hyperland's unstable. I'm saying that right now there are still cases where you can cause it to crash. And they're not clear why it crashes. It's way, way better than Hyperland back when I first used it. Like, Hyperland back when I first used it was a fucking buggy mess. It was not good back then. And it didn't even really have a lot of the advantages it has now. And maybe a lot of these problems that I'm having, like this is the other thing. Maybe a lot of these problems I'm having are being replicated by other people. And then now I'm not an issue in 0.25. I still need to try that out and just see if anything's better. It, it, like if it's a problem like once a week, I don't know how to check it's better. Maybe if the problem never happens. Like, it, it, it's weird when you have a problem that's that rare and that unclear. But, as a general experience, Hyperland is pretty much rock solid. Mostly. Like, mo mostly rock solid at this point. Um, I think the, the biggest issue with, like, Hyperland stability isn't Hyperland itself. It's the desktop portals. So... <laughs> I use the the uh, the video portal basically every day. Like when I'm recording videos, I am using the video portal. Right now, I am using the video portal to capture this window right here. Um, video portal, great. It's great that I have it, and it's great that it allows me to do window capture. That's another thing that Sway doesn't let me do. Um, I can't capture a window. I have to capture my desktop and then crop out the thing I want to see. That's stupid. Fix it. Um, that doesn't happen on Hyperland. Window capture actually works properly, like it works on, you know, uh, GNOME, or KDE, or X11, or Windows, or macOS, or every other system 
except for WL Root Sway, and I guess other WL Roots. Because Hyperland, you don't use the WL Roots portal, you use the Hyperland portal. Uh, here it is. The Hyperland portal, which is mostly... Which, it, it, it's like one-to-one -one compatible with the WL Roots portal, and you can use the Hyperland portal on other WL Roots compositors. But on Hyperland, it has additional functionality. Um, like some extra protocol support that's being worked on and things like that. And eventually global key bindings, which, you know, are not a thing that are being worked on on WL Roots, so even though people want them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the portals can be a bit finicky. So sometimes I will open OBS. And it doesn't open the portal. The portal just doesn't start, like, at all. I don't know if this is an OBS problem. I don't know if this is a Hyperland portal problem. I just open it, and no portal. No portal at all. So I have to close OBS, and then it works. So I don't know if I need to, like, initialize the... Maybe, maybe I'll try that. Maybe if I, like, initialize the portal beforehand and then I then it should work maybe huh I'll definitely consider that just to see what happens yeah because it, it, it seems to be consistent every time I open OBS but even so sometimes I'll open OBS like after I've opened it once like I closed it do something else come back and the portal's not working then so I'm gonna close it open it back up again, and then it works. So there's clearly something wrong with either OBS, which is very possible, OBS is a mess of a project, or there's something wrong with either the Hyperland portal or the portal, like the, the main portal project. Something in there is a bit finicky and causing issues. Um, that's another problem where I'm not entirely sure why it's a problem, so I don't really know how to report it as a problem. But when the portal's working, it, it works fine. Besides that one time where I was messing with stuff and then the desktop crashed. But I don't know if that was a problem with the portal or a problem separate from the portal that just happened to happen at the same time. I don't know. Um, a little while back with the portal, though, Vaxbury added the ability to save what selection you just made. So in the case of OBS, for example... I'm going to have my, my browser selection here is going to show... Actually, that's a problem. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, I was going to show my browser selection. But then on my, my main one, I might have... Actually, my gaming one's a good one. I might have, like, my desktop. I might have a window. I might have something else and something else. And, yeah, I, I it's, it's nice to have it saved. Now, before we forget what I was going to say... Um, if I scroll this window and then we pop back over here, right now you're seeing something. There we go. So, if I swap, you are seeing something that doesn't actually exist being captured right now. For some reason, when you swap layouts in OBS, the portal doesn't keep capturing things. I don't know if this is a specific... Like, specifically designed for, like, uh, into, like, portals, how it's supposed to work. But it doesn't update the capture until I move my cursor a bit. It's very strange. 
and it's ha it's led to me having to do a lot of um a lot of re-records and it's, it's really annoying. I don't know if that's a problem with the Hyperland portal or the W or like the the more more generally with W or Roots or with portals in general. It's something I should go and experiment on in Sway just to see what's uh what's going to happen. Um but yeah. <laughs> I'll get to the the file portals in a moment because the file portal is another annoyance I have, but it's separate from the 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 w the um the hyperland portal, but it's not clear that it is. So the other problem I have is when you have a bunch of selections and they're not being saved because there are cases where it just forgets what you did, like you restart your system or some other random reason uh, the the moon and the sun pass each other at a specific time of day and it just resets everything. If you have a bunch of pipewire selections in OBS, it doesn't list out the name in the selection. I don't know if this is a limitation of the Hyperland portal, portals generally, or what OBS gives you. I would imagine it's sort of a combination of what OBS gives you and portals generally. So when you're making a pipewire selection, it just tells you the things you can select. It doesn't tell you what you are selecting for. So I could be selecting for my, like my, in the podcast, for example, for the browser window or for my guest. I usually just select a thing and then fix it up afterwards, but it is certainly annoying, and I really hope it's not a limitation in, like, how portals work. I would imagine if OBS wanted to, they could expose that information in some way. Maybe to the maybe they could expose it to the portal. Maybe the portals would need to be modified to have that information passed along. Um, I'm not entirely sure, like, where the problem lies there. All I know is it can be annoying when you have a bunch of selections and you just have to select it wrong because it, it's not like it loads it in a specific order either. Sometimes you could have one order, then like another another capture is in a completely separate spot. So you can't even like have an order you know you need to do it. You just have to fix it afterwards and then, you know, it is what it is pretty much. It's not a major deal. It's like it's it's only a problem the first time you open the application. Once it's done, it's done. Until you close and open it again, and it forgets everything. But when it doesn't forget any, uh, everything, when it's done, it's done. For the most part, <laughs> unless the portals crash, and then you have to like close and redo it anyway. Um, which has happened. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> so the uh, the GTK portal. So. When you're using the Hyperland portal, uh, if we go portal, yeah, here we, here we go, wait, here we go, yes? So when you're using the Hyperland portal, the Hyperland portal is just going to do like the window sharing and the other features being done by the WROOTS portal, along with some extra protocols that are specific to Hyperland, like the global hotkeys portal and things like that. Now, it does mention in here that you can install the GTK portal alongside the Hyperland portal. The KDE and GNOME portals do not work. 
So make sure you do not install those. But it does make it clear you can install the GTK portal. It doesn't make it clear why you might want to do that. Now, the reason why you might want to do that is because the Hyperland portal does not support the file picker API. So if you're using something like uh, the new Steam beta that has support for the file picker API, if you're using a Flatpak application that has support for the file picker API, if you don't have the GTK portal installed alongside the Hyperland portal, the file picker is not going to work. There's not going to be a file picker because the Hyperland portal does not have a file picker in it. Now, this is intentional. You're supposed to grab the GTK portal as well, but the documentation doesn't make any reference to this, like, at all. Um, I've been meaning to let Vaxby know about this. I just hadn't gotten around to doing it. Uh, that's something should definitely be mentioned. It it's good to mention the portals that are not going to work, but... The information about why you should be using GTK anyway should also probably be there just to make sure you don't run in that situation. Because I got to that point where I, were, where I was using the uh, Steam beta and I was confused why it wasn't working because my portals worked fine. They were working fine in OBS, they are working fine in everywhere else that was using the, you know, the video portal. But it wasn't the video portal I needed. I needed the file picker. <laughs> I, I get why they the, like Vaxry doesn't add all of the rest of the portal stuff. That's fine. But like, just make it clear why you should use the GTK one. It would be nice if it was like the, the KDE stuff was dealt with as well. So if you wanted to, you could use the KDE port, uh, the, the QT portal. Not Is there, is there like a generic QT portal? I, no, there's just the KDE portal. It would be nice if stuff was dealt with to make that work, but I don't know if that's like on KDE's side or if it's on Hyperland's side. Or it's very possible it's like a bit of both. I don't know. Maybe the problem with the um the KDE portal is the KDE portal also supports the um the 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 the, the video API. So if you have both of them running and you open up OBS, it's not sure which to use. Um, so GTK is pretty much just your, your, your best bet here. I would like a more generic QT portal to be made. If anyone's out there who happens to work with QT and knows how to do that, please go and do it. It would be awesome. I don't personally care for it myself. Um, but I know a lot of people out there do prefer QT applications and they like theming to be consistent. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care about consistent theming. You've seen my desktop. It's a nightmare, but it works. So, uh, yes. Um, what else do we have here? I've gone over all of this stuff. I've covered pretty much most of what I want to cover, haven't I? Oh, that's actually a good one. Okay. So, Hyperland, like i3, has a like an API. The main way you're going to access it is using something called HyperCTL. HyperCTL. Here it is. So, this is basically like... It's like your, what is, what is BSP, whatever the one in BSPWM is. Basically, you can, like, run the 
the things that would normally be like configuration options in in like the hyperland config file you can run as commands like hyperland or hyperctl dispatch exec kitty which will cause kitty to be opened or like binding a key or configuring something setting a monitor things like that so if you want to like go and do all that stuff outside of the um the config file for whatever reason maybe you want something to be more dynamic like configuring a monitor uh because you plug a new one in you can go and do that now the issue is there are some we'll call them insufficiencies uh yeah we'll call them insufficiencies with what it lets you do so i have made two scripts here and i if i do yeah if i if i do it like this i can actually show you scripts uh hyperland and then open these in brave yeah there we go so this first script you're seeing is one called cycle monitors so this is more of a <clears throat> wait what sorry i just forgot what this mon this one actually does wait i actually forgot what this Cycle monitors. What was this one? Shit. <laughs> uh, oh, right, 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 right. So cycle monitors. So this basically lets me move my... If I remember correctly. Wait. I don't remember, now I need to remember what I actually use this for. Oh, no, 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 no. This, this, yeah. This was a helper script to help with something. I remember now. <laughs> So this this script right here, this will print out the monitor that I am currently focused on. This one will let me select the monitor that is like next in my layout. And what I do with this is let me go get my config file. I I'd re like rearranged some stuff, so I forgot how I'd actually done it. Originally, I had like all of this like in the file like like just in the actual file, and now I've actually shifted stuff around. So if I go cycle, so I have a a key here. This is the Windows key plus S. And what this is going to do, actually I guess you guys can't see it, what that's going to do is cycle my window between different monitors. If I do uh, super plus tab, that is going to cycle my cursor between monitors. This is a functionality I really, really like to have from Awesome WM. And there's no way to do this like natively in Hyperland. There's a way to move a window to a specific monitor. And there is a way to focus on a specific monitor. But there is no shorthand for going to the next or the previous monitor. So I had to write a, a simple Python script to go and do that. The same with focus monitor. This is a, a different thing, but what this one was for is for letting me print the screen of my currently focused monitor because there is no shorthand for getting the currently focused monitor. There's no command, at least from what I could see, that would get just the, the currently focused monitor. What it would get me is I, I could get the information about my current monitor. I could... I could get like a, 
you know, the... What was... The, actually, what was the exact command? So, focus monitor, it ran this... Yeah, here we go. Hyper-CTL monitors-J. So, this would output the information in JSON. This would give me the information about... Yeah, this gave me the information about all of my monitors, and it would tell me in the JSON data which monitor I'm currently focused on. So I could get the information. So basically all I did here is take that data and then parse out the JSON to find out which one I'm currently focused on. But there's like no shorthand for just outputting the currently focused one. That was the, that was the problem I was having. And same with this. Like, with that monitors command, I can see all the monitor names and I can see the order they are listed inside of Hyperland, but there is no way to get the monitor that is like next in my list of monitors. And I just had to write like a simple Python script to go and parse that data. I'm sure there is a better way to like parse this or whatever, but like, yeah, th this, uh, yeah, this is like super, super useful. And I kind of wish the functionality was just built directly into, directly into Hyperland. Because it is there in Awesome, and Awesome, like, it's, it's real nice to have. Those, so far, are the only two scripts I've had to write for, to, for, like, for, for Hyperland to make it do what I want it to do. Um, everything else could just do natively. Like, the information is there. It's just not in a form that is easy to get to without going out of your way to parse it. Which is annoying. But, like, it's, it's better the information is just there full stop rather than just being missing. Because <laughs> if it was missing, I couldn't do anything about it. Having it there, but in a weird form, at least lets me, at least lets me fix it if I, if I want to fix it. And yes, before someone tells me, I know I could write it in Bash script, and I can get the same information, and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to write it in Python, because I'm comfortable in Python, and I'm not going to do this bullshit where I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, Handicap myself doing it in shell script because I'm I, 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 I'm not great at shell script. I'm just gonna write it in the thing I know it runs for like a fraction of a second I don't even notice it running like it literally runs pretty much in an instant. So it doesn't matter <laughs> It doesn't matter. It does the job Python is fine for things like this. Uh, yeah <laughs> So Overall Overall, has Hyperland been a good experience? I would say Hyperland right now. Hyperland right now is a it, it's good. I think it's 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 definitely come a long way since I first looked at it like a I don't know a year or so ago, like right near the start of the project when it was first starting to get a bit of attention. Maybe like not even that long ago, like Maybe six to eight months ago. Either way, since I first looked at it, it's gotten so much better and it's so much more stable. And as it stands, I think Hyperland is... It, it's sort of on the verge of being ready for, like, regular people to use it. It's still a bit flaky here and there. And I... 
if you're not willing to to like deal with the flakiness, deal with the odd crash once every couple of weeks, I don't think you should use it. But if you like being on the cutting edge of Wayland, you like being on this system that is going to be bringing in these new features at a ridiculous pace and dealing with bugs at a ridiculous pace, Hyperland might actually be worth it. Especially if you want something that has a lot of the functionality that you're not getting in Sway. I didn't even cover this, but there's a lot of other, like, uh, styling features that are not available in Sway. Like, you have the ability to just... Obviously, Sway is gaps, but you have, like, rounded corners here. You have gradient borders. You have animations, but I did touch on those. But there's all these, like, nice little styling things that are not there on Sway and are not there in many of the other options, with the exception of, like, Swayfire, which is basically dead, and Gnome and KDE, I guess. Like, I guess those are probably only other ones that have, like, a lot of the same level of customization, but I don't want to run Gnome or KDE. So for me, Hyperland right now, I'm going to keep using it. Like, I I'm going to keep daily driving Hyperland for the foreseeable future. Maybe I'll try out River as like a secondary thing. Maybe I'll get bored and want to install a lot of patches and run DWL. Maybe I'll do a video on LabWC at this point, uh, at some point. But as it stands, I'm probably just going to keep using Hyperland. And hopefully by next year, hopefully by, you know, six months from now, hopefully by some point in the future, it's a lot... Like, a lot of the, the issues that, are, that I brought up are just dealt with magically through patches and no one even notices it. And also... Also, I, I would like to see the development stable out at some point. I know, I know Vaxry is, like, working on a lot of stuff, and it's great that Vaxry is working on a lot of stuff, but, like, there will come a point where Hyperland slows down development just because there are less things to work on. Wayland is moving less quickly. Things are a bit more stable. The main issues that people have are basically dealt with, and we're good. I don't know how long that'll be, like, it's still probably a while away. You know, a year is probably, like, a a very overestimate. But I don't know how long Vaxfree is going to be willing to do as much work as he does on the project. If you want to see the project, like, keep going well, I highly encourage you to go and support the work that Vaxfree does. Go and support the work the other couple of developers that work on the project uh, actually do. Vaxfree is obviously the main guy, but there are commits from other people. There are some, like, relatively active people as well. Uh, get involved in the Hyperland Discord. They like are always talking over there. If you have any issues, that's probably the best place to go. Don't come to me because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah. I encourage you to go and try out Hyperland. It's really easy to install on Arch Linux. There is a package in the community repos now. The Git version is in the AUR. I think there are packages on... I want to say there are packages on some other distros. Not like mainline packages, but I think there's, like, packages in other distros, maybe. There's probably a Gen 2 package, surely. Uh, install. Let's see. What what do we have on here? Uh, NixOS and OpenSUSE are very supported. For any distro not based on Arch or Nix, you might have very much success. 
since Hyperland is extremely bleeding edge, distros like PopOS Ubuntu might have major issues running Hyperland. Uh, so there is an Arch package. There is Nix stuff. I don't know why there's a whole separate page for Nix. OpenSUSE, Fedora. Wait, is there a Fedora package? Or is this like a... Okay, this is someone telling you how to get it working on Fedora. Okay. There is a Gentoo package. Huh. It's over on FreeBSD. Wow, that's cool. And you can get it working on, on Ubuntu. But, like, good luck with that. <laughs> good, good luck with that one. Um, I would not encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to use something that moves a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah, at least at least Fedora. Bare minimum Fedora, and you might be a little bit better. Uh yeah. So I think I think that's gonna be pretty much everything. I don't know if you guys like this style of doing the podcast. I know it's still it, it's it's very much like the main style still, but more but more just focused on a single topic. The reason why I wanted to do it like this, like at this point, is I'm actually like a week ahead of podcast so i had the option of taking a week off or doing this where it doesn't even matter if i'm doing stuff where it's like a week behind because if i did news topics they would not be topical even remotely when i get to the point of the episode actually coming out so it seemed like as good a time as any to try this out maybe there are other topics i could do like this like my experience on arch linux um i'm sure there are other things that could work out as well uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got some fun podcasts coming out. I, I, I don't want to spoil any guests, but I'll say that I have a big guest possibly lined up. Uh, and if that comes out and you guys happen to see it, you will know exactly who I'm talking about, uh, about in that, about in that episode. There we go. I can say words. Anyway, um, that's going to be it for me. So if you're watching the video version of this and you want to check out the audio version, the audio version is available on pretty much everywhere that has audio podcasts, iTunes, things like that. There is an RSS feed. Uh, go check that out. That would be awesome. And if you're watching the... If you're listening to the audio version, you can check out the video version on YouTube at TechOverT. So that's going to be it for me. I have not spoken for two hours straight for a long time now. It's been like a month or two. So this was a experience for me as well. Anyway, that's going to be it for me. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm out.